everybody, and welcome to my niche podcast about the one thing I know something about, game shows, I suppose. I am your host, Jordan Haas, and I'm so happy because it's a guest episode. Guest episodes mean bonus episodes, which mean another episode for you to listen to this week, and that always brings a smile on people's faces, I assume. Otherwise, they're going to think something's wrong with me. Um, I mean, there could be. Who knows? Uh, but I love doing guest episodes because when they stop by, I have someone to talk to that's not just my own. And I can ask them about game shows. And it's a good game show. We're talking about the genius today. And my guest is Reese from Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. It's going to be fun. I love it. Uh, but before we get to that fun interview, uh, we always have to have some 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 stalling some vamp as it were uh and uh, and that's gonna be in the form of a a game show review uh this week game show network or gsn premiered a brand new game show called common knowledge hosted by joey fatone and i decided i have the time uh let's just do a quick review and a quick rundown on the show so uh common knowledge is a general knowledge trivia game show about very simplistic things there are supposed to be uh easy questions that everyone is supposed to vaguely know like how many is in a baker's dozen and according to this thing how should this life hack work uh it is two teams of three people because it's gsn uh and the way that works is that you have uh in the first round it's four category one of four categories and uh, you get and one the team gets to pick one of the four categories the questions asked and they all get to pick individually what they think the answer is out of three possible answers for every correct answer that the team gets is 10 points if all three pick the same answer they get the 30 points plus a 50 point bonus this is done twice in the round because they go back and forth you pick the first question and team two picks the next question and team three picks the next question the team four picks the next question uh, each of the questions are only designed for them in mind, and that's that's essentially how it works. Joey Fatone just reads it off and then brings in a fun fact, like, did you know diamonds are used in textiles instead of jewelry? Things, things like that. Um, in round two, uh, the game is played again, but with the points being double, which means it's 20 points per correct answer. And if you get all three and it's correct, it's 100 bonus points, meaning it's 160 points per question. Uh, If you haven't done the math correctly, uh, you will now know why it's kind of a weird scoring system. Then we go into round three where there's no multiple choice and they have to write down one answer and it's open-ended. If they're correct on the first question, it's 200 points. But be careful, in this round, if they are wrong, the question goes to the other team and they have a chance to steal those 200 points and collect them for themselves. In addition to that, uh, then there's another questions in the final two categories were 400 each. Whoever has the most points in the fi- in, in this round goes on to play the final round for $10,000 because it's Game Show Network and that's kind of how much they can give away now. It's like Idiot Test and Chain Reaction and Emojinius. It's $10,000. Forget America says... With their fifteen thousand, we have we have ten thousand on this one. Um, 
in the bonus round, each person is it basically is is a team game where now uh, one person is sitting by themselves while the rest are watching on the wayside, and only they are allowed to answer the questions. They have to get seven correct answers to win ten thousand dollars. If they are right, they get a little you know thing noise and a little light bulb. If they are wrong, however, they are eliminated from the game, and their partner has to jump in and. and answer the next set of questions until they get the question wrong in which case then the final person has a chance to uh clear the board if at any point a question is too tough or they don't know there's one lifeline in the form of a pass which passes that question and a new one will be asked if they can get through all seven through all three people they will win ten thousand dollars if not i don't know i didn't see them fail yet i'm gonna in my heart, I, I I assume it's five hundred dollars per answer, so that's three thousand. Others, I'm guessing, it's like two fifty because they're cheap. I I don't I don't know. They're not gonna make it a thousand per correct answer for a ten thousand dollar to get seven right, but I'm guessing five hundred. So it's a three thousand dollar to ten thousand dollar lead. I or maybe they're just gonna be really cheap and say, well, you didn't win, so here's like a flat thousand bucks or something. I don't. I don't know. It's it's game shows and common knowledge is an okay show. Here, I will quickly review it after explaining the rules of the show. Have you noticed the scoring system is busted? Because in in the first round it's you can eat, here's four possibilities on each question. You get 0 points, you get 10 points, you get 20 points, or you get 80 points. That's four times more than the second best amount you can get. And if it's times two, that means you get 160 points. Mathematically speaking, that's the equivalent of if you actually clear it all in one question in round two, because the value is double to 160. That's supposed to increase the tension, but it really does nothing to the game if it's played exactly the same as the last round with four questions, etc., etc. Which means that 160 points in round one plus the 320 in round two means you have 480 points. When you go into the final round... That is, uh, there's the 200 points you can get from your question plus 200 you can steal. That makes it so now you have over a thousand points. Then you have the 400 point questions, which if you just play a normal game, and let's just assume for the sake of argument here, no one has cleared the house. Maybe everyone just gets two each. Maybe it's all two, 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 two. That means 40 points, 40 points, 40 points. So it's 40, it's 20 to 20 on the first question. Then another 20 to 20, making it 40, 40. Then we go into round two where it's, you know, double the points. So it's 40 points each person. So it's 80, 80. Then we do it again, 40, 40, which makes it 160, 160. Uh, actually, no, it'd be 120. I'm, I'm doing the math wrong. Uh, whoops. Uh, it'd be 120, 120, which means the first question be worth 200 makes, makes it way, way... Uh, more heavy now than any of the other questions making every question seem more important in the final round than it ever did in the main round especially if if everyone's just you know clenching at 10 points each when it comes to the final like open-ended questions i like those a lot but it, it doesn't add much tension to the game uh in the final round the seven questions to get to ten thousand, i do enjoy that uh, and I, I think that's nice. 
Uh, on the positive side right now, I enjoy the set. I like the style. It has this look of 1950s. It reminds me of like the Monopoly board game, this 1950s look, these little stock images, uh, you know, your little money bags or your guy holding bags of money, your little wine glasses, these little quick, easy, fun symbols that I, I like that. I like diamonds. I like diamonds in, in that aesthetic. That, that's a nice, fun aesthetic that, that actually I kind of enjoy in this game. It makes it look like a a, a classic game show made modern, and, and I enjoy that. I, I think, however, though, it does come across as cheap when it comes to the graphic package with the questions. Uh, in addition to that, you have Joey Fatone as host. Joey Fatone is a good host. He hosted The Singing Bee. Uh, he has hosted various things here and there. He was an announcer for Family Feud. People don't know this, but he's the announcer for Family Feud. He's the my man, Steve Harvey. Um, so he knows how to do game shows. You don't really, he doesn't really have much to play with on this show. There's no, con there's no character development. There's no improvisational they can do that he can really be utilized well in this game show that's just simply answer a trivia question, are you right or wrong? Um, I understand where they're going at with this. When I originally thought Common Knowledge, I thought it was going to be a, a trivia show where it's these quick, easy questions, and then like almost like a coinky dink on You Don't Know Jack. It is, okay, what do all three of these have in common? Something... Like that, like a, like a tri-bond similar situation. Um, but it, it's not that. It's just straightforward, easy questions and figure it out. It's straightforward trivia. It's not, it's harmless. It's a harmless game show. It's it's straightforward, uh, no, nothing offensive. Most G-rated game show I could think of, even with a show that has breast augmentation as a possible answer. Uh it, 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 it's okay. Um, I, I don't think it's that bad, but the scoring system definitely sucks the entire life of the show. I think Joey Fatone is underutilized. I like the set and design package, but it still screams cheap with the $10,000 and the way the format is run. So now I have to figure out what's the best way to... Fixed a show. Uh, easiest way I would do it is easily change the first two round scoring systems. Uh, there's two ways you can do about it. It's just keep the 10 points each, but if all three of them do it, you, you just add like a 20 point bonus so it's 50 points. Or you do it so because it's a common game and the whole game is called Common Knowledge, you have the captain in the center of the game and your two friends on the sidelines. And for every time you match the captain, uh, that adds a bonus point. So if the captain and your friend both say the same answer because it's the center person and the left person, that's a bonus 10 points, making it so it, it were, it's worth 20 now. And then if it's the center person and the person on the left... That's another bonus 10 points, meaning all three can get their 10 and a bonus 10, making it 50. Just put 10, 10, 10, and then slightly above it, just put 10, 10. You'll, that's the way I would articulate it better, because uh, the common part of it, so it's 50 points per question, making it 100 in the first round, and then round two, if you're going to double it, keep the same thing, so it's 100, so it's 
up to 300 in the first uh, round. Then in the final uh, part of the game where you, you write down answers, why not have it so uh, it is a common game where ev- where everyone gets to write down one answer. Everyone writes down one answer. And each correct answer that round is worth 50 points each because you want to be that come from behind kind of thing, I assume, uh, where for every correct answer brought up, uh, it's worth 50 points. Uh, So if one team has three, you know, that's 150 plus the common in there adds an extra 50, meaning that a correct uh, sweep is 250 points. And you could just do it that for two times to make it 500 points. Like, what's the uh, what's the argument here to double the points in that final scoring? I think the final round with getting seven uh, is okay. It doesn't move the game along that fast, and there's not that much stakes in the game. It plays like a fast money in the in the Family Feud, but just a little slower. But there's nothing to get Joey Fatone to joke with. Uh but I would still keep that version of the game. I would just maybe throw away the center podium and just have it just played immediately after round three. Uh, Because it just seems like it just had to get seven, and that's it. That's the entirety of the game show is seven in a row. Uh, If it was me, uh, Jesus, I would make it a, a game versus house kind of show for 25000 I would just make it like a, a team versus the house kind of show where you can win up to $25,000 or something that it's it's a feasible goal to achieve where it's uh, each person gets to be a captain in the first three rounds and it's three questions each, making it nine questions. And for each correct answer, uh, one's worth, say, $200 or $250. Then the next one's slightly more, like $500, or then the third one's worth $750. And that's in each round. So everyone can bring in... How, how do we completely make it seem like it's a fair game? Uh, five, like a five, How do you evenly split uh, $5,000... Uh, to three people, it's a little tough. I know it's ten thousand is the goal, so it's three, 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 three. But for five thousand, that's that's what I was trying to go with. So you get the flat ten thousand in the end, and then a bonus five thousand with every three if they have a clean sweep in the final round. Uh, that that's where I would be trying to figure out where to go. Because uh, I do like the just here's some fast trivia questions. Uh, you know what? Here, here we go. Because I like thinking off the top of my head. It's always fun to just try and figure out how to make a show weird. So it, it, it's one person's the captain, and the other two are the team. Uh, you, for every correct answer you get is $100, no matter what happens. Uh, but it's the captain. Uh, if and if and it's the same rule I just said in the front game. You know, it's the 10, 10, 10. Commons get the bonus 10 points each, so it's up to 50. So if you can just do that, uh, where it's a hundred bucks for every correct answer you get, uh, and then if the part if the captain sides with each person, that's a bonus hundred bucks. That's five hundred bucks. Uh, you can do that. Uh, actually, you could. 
because then it'll be 500 bucks. And then if you could just do that maybe three times, that's 1500 bucks that they get no matter what, times three is 4500 and, oh, and then that would work because then if, if you can somehow make it so after those three questions are asked, the fourth question, uh, yeah, th there you go. Because then the fourth question uh, can be what's the common link between the three that you just got as the questions. That would work because then that's your game for $5,000 is what's the, the three have in common. If you're right, we add 5000 to the bank and you get 500 bucks making the entire round worth $2,000 for you, and you rinse repeat that three times with all three as the captains. That would work, because then all three people, if they play a perfect game correctly, they can get $6,000. We know that's a little impossible, because the idea is supposed to be that these questions are a little too, uh, you think one way and another way is happening, and if it's 100 bucks each, you're taking away like 1000 bucks out of the main score. Um, if you're wrong... Uh, so, so so something must be uh, interesting to do that with. And then when it comes to after all three rounds, then that big final round is you're playing for your bank. You In the last three rounds, you've won $2,700, and now we have a chance to turn that into $20,000, and you have to get seven right out of ten. If you're wrong at this game, that's it. It's not, There's no bonus you've racked up your bonus money in the front game. This is simply just to get the bon the big bonus. That that would be uh, some stakes I would I would play with uh, if I was to make common knowledge cuz I think the trivia is fun, but I think there needs to be like a layer added to it. And I think if it's a man versus house game, you can get Joey Fatone to actually add something to the game and interact to the contestants a little more. Uh, it's called common knowledge because it's supposed to be like general knowledge. It's things everyone should know, but they don't. That's the whole point. But if, if a name like common in the title, I always assume it with what do these things have in common? So why not just have three trivia questions where the answers will then have one final thing in common. And if the person can figure it out as the fourth question in the game, there's the $5,000 bonus added to the jackpot at the end. Uh, and only the captain can figure that out. So then it's your, what does bananas, lemons, and uh, what's in there, yellow fruit? Just so the answer is yellow fruit. Uh, that that would be the common bond. So, something like that would, would be a, a decent show. Because then, yeah, there's the trivia aspect. The trivia aspect leads to the final question. Where and then you're, it's like if you got the question wrong, well, there's still the chance that you made some money if someone picked an opposite multiple choice answer, and that still gives you the option of figuring out the final clue for the five thousand dollars, which is what anyone just wants to care for is that final round buildup. Uh, if they fail, oh well, it's twenty thousand now. Then if it's only if they fail that one, it's fifteen thousand. And if the state's just completely bonkered out of the common bond final question of the round they they play for ten thousand dollars it's still not the end of the world for the team i think that is uh would make something something elaborate to add to the game called common knowledge i it doesn't have to be a team versus team let's just have quick easy questions and try to do something very cheap to 
could somehow go viral if you know someone under the age of 20 could you know watch the show clip it and upload it to youtube uh common knowledge is just a boring game i i think it could do well uh but for the time being i just see it as a as a thing that just exists just because america says it's there and they need something that fills an hour so it's the america says common knowledge hour on game show network well i just spent a lot of time talking about common knowledge anyway let's have our guests come out let's turn the table With me on the line, it's video games are the worst thing on Earth's own, Reese. Hi, hi. Wow, thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to call in and to talk about uh, game shows, comma, I suppose. That's that's the name of the podcast, and uh, it's my good friend Reese. It is? Oh, I, I, was just, I was just saying that. It's a good, good friend, Reese. Thanks for stopping by here. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. So uh, this is, a, this is, of course, my game show. Pod- this is what I do now: <laughs> is game shows. Um, <laughs> so, so the, the the first thing I got to explain is that you you have a podcast called "Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth." It's true. Uh, it is a real good uh, podcast. I subscribe to it. it. Every episode is like a top notch expose on gamer culture, fandoms, you name it. Yeah, I mean, we we try to take a, a leftist view of gamer culture, and sometimes we you know explore some other fun things, like we have a music episode. We talk about Ready Player One one episode, that sort of stuff. We 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 don't let ourselves be constrained, but that's that's kind of the idea. Just because every time you just see a, a stinky gamer, you know, it just fills your hearts with certain emotions that have to be expressed, and. Uh, I really recommend you check out uh, the latest episode, episode 17, uh, which has our very own game show, I suppose, is Jordan Haas, uh, just uh, giving it to Todd Howard. <laughs> I did, and that was right That was right before even more bad stuff happened with Todd Howard. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's amazing that we recorded that episode, and then, like, at least another 100% more bad things happened about Fallout 76. Yeah. So, <laughs> I and, and, conti- and continue to, I'm sure. So uh, the reason I, I, I decided we have to have you on is, A, because you're a good friend of mine, and you're an easy, you're an easy guest to book. Two, <laughs> because true. as a leftist, uh, I have to get your thoughts on game shows, because game shows seem to be skewed ultra-conservative. You have your Pat Sajaks, you have your Chuck Woolery's. Do not look at what Chuck Woolery's doing on YouTube. I swear to God, it's just awful, awful <laughs> shit. I, I have seen his insane, uh, his insane tweets. Uh, has Chuck Chuck Woolery gotten gone Q yet? Is he a QAnon guy? <laughs> I don't know if he's gone full on QAnon, but he is he is definitely drinking the Shapiro juice every once in a I while. I bet he's it. I bet he's open to it. I just I think he needs the right person to explain QAnon to him, and he'll he'll be on 4chan poll soon enough. You got to get the right Scrabble tile, tile seven. Bloop. Q. Well, um, I 
you know, it's the reality is, is that I, I love games. Um, well, I have a, a gaming podcast and I, I love game shows. It's, it, it, I grew up, uh, watching Jeopardy. Like some of my fondest m- memories are everybody as a family sitting down and parents would give us like a quarter for every question we got right in Jeopardy. And then oh. we could do the daily doubles with their quarters and, you know, bet all, uh, bet them all. And so if you'd like, you, you had the same kind of, you know, risk and reward uh, gameplay, you know, just like on that extraordinary small scale. And then, uh, and so when we, I do that a lot and I love uh, uh, Family Feud. Um, uh, I watched a ton of that. I, I was never that much of a Price is Right ga- guy. It's maybe my, my leftism showing. I don't like the pricing games as much. I you like, don't like the idea uh, of a society where we win items by guessing how much they cost based on plugs. <laughs> It also really upsets me, like especially as a kid, it really upset me when you when somebody bet one dollar more and just totally fucks over that one person. It's just like my sense of fairness <laughs> was like, just like rude. At least on like Jeopardy, when they do like the the final Jeopardy clue, it's like seven hundred one because they want to just have that one dollar over, but they could still lose. I, I mean, to me though, that that's fair game. It's just like that's you you've earned that money to. To play those games with it's, it's a it, chip. and and uh, exactly and Price is Right. You're just you are you happen to be in the position of privilege to <laughs> to bone the person uh, who priced before you. Uh, and I didn't like that. I, and yeah. you know it's just like the prices of things. It was just it was weird. But I did I did watch that a lot too. The, the, um, wor- the worst things you'll ever hear on the Price is Right is when someone says to Drew or Bob, "What were the last bids?" Because you know that you're going to be that guy. <laughs> They're going to be that guy. <laughs> 700, 900, 901, 902. <laughs> they love it. I know they love it. Um, so, yeah, I, I I like the games. You know, I like the, you know, the, the act of playing along. Um, a big part of uh, game shows, and it's like it's understandable, are is to a lot of people is the money and what you win. And I feel like sometimes I see shows that, uh, especially more recently, that bend in that direction. And I just I can't, can't get into it. It's like, if somebody's just like some schmo and he wins $500,000, like, sure, that's great. You know, I'm happy for him. Yeah. But it's, it's tough for me to get into, into that aspect, oh, um, but- which, is, which is why I don't like stuff like, who wants to be a millionaire as much? Because they draw out each question. And just be like, oh, does he have, is he going to win $100,000? And I don't like that. Uh, the, in the UK, Jeremy Clarkson is the new host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But, I... but, but that's why I've kind of turned more. I don't, I like, I, I, I'll put on Jeopardy or something yeah. uh, sometimes. Jeopardy, um, but Jeopardy now, is, like, my... is the ambassador for game shows to everyone. Like, I don't think yeah, there's... You... It's it's like a it's it's the, it's the game show that actually just decided to put some of them on Netflix, which I think is so funny. Um, it's just like yeah, there's like twenty Jeopardy episodes, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> if like, you have you Netflix can't... now, you can also watch some GSN classics like Idiot Test and Minute to Win It, which may or may not have my likeness in the background. I uh, oh, dude, it, I'm, I'm gonna I might check that out. I, um, I, I don't. I don't want to take the idiot test. I don't want to find. I don't want to. I don't want anything to be confirmed. 
Um, no, I'm not on idiot test. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I have friends who work on I, that show. It was a great show. But no, I, I no, I'm saying I don't want to watch it just because you know I I, I personally you know I, every day that I live my life is an idiot test. It, it's basically just wordplay. It's basically a show about wordplay. Like if you oh, pass okay. the person who is in second place, what position are you in? First, First second, or third? Sorry, what did you say? Like on Idiot Test, it's like if you just pass the person in second place, what position are you in? First place, second place, third place. Oh yeah, you're in second place. Exactly. That's the Idiot Test. But that, they that push the sense. first. But then they hit first place. No, I was. But the I, I, I my first thought was first place. So there we go. Uh, but that makes sense. That yeah, that the, sounds interesting. I might I might actually check that out. It, but it, it, it's lighthearted fun, and they should not have canceled that damn show. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get mad about it. I'm going to tweet I'm, angrily about that's it. That's one of those I get mad at. But yeah, so you, you, you love the interactivity. It's kind of a big thing we talk about on the show is playability, storytelling, game, show, all that mm -hmm. stuff. And when, when I asked you to be a guest, I asked, hey, we can pick any game show you want. And what did you and pick? I, I picked The Genius, now which... Go off, go on. Which is, it's a Korean, I don't know what what just, uh, you as the expert would call it, but I consider them like uh, elimination game shows or competition elimination game shows. I don't know what, what the phrase would be. I mean, we would but say that, the comp if it was the American bird. Like, it's because there is there is the confessional cam, and it is a competition where all the contestants start, and each episode, someone gets off until one's left standing. And that's the kind of stuff I've been into in my adulthood. Um, Survivor is absolutely my number one favorite game show of all time. Um, I love even stuff. I love I love the ones that are more kind of like profession based too. I love Project Runway. I watched uh, Design Star <laughs> about uh, all of these. By the I way, love... count all of these will be talked about on future installments. Oh, uh, and. and if I ever come back on uh, the, the the one I might legit talk about, have you are you familiar with Groomer Has It? Oh, the the dog grooming uh, competition series that was on the, the yeah me me and my sister were glued to Groomer Has It just because it is the it's the silliest version of that, but still it's so it was so fun and I, I just the, the format can carry almost anything through, well, but. What makes the genius uh, specifically compelling, I think, part of it, um, I think, undeniably, is that it's just kind of like the, the underground feel to it, is that you can't watch this anywhere unless you track down the the bootlegs yes, uh, that have been translated by bum diddly umptious. <laughs> just a fun thing to <laughs> Who, say, bum diddly umptious. Bum diddly umptious, and they're, they constantly, even though there is no petition for it whatsoever uh, here in the States, they will track down and take down the YouTubes, etc. of the of the show. So it's it's a little bit hard to watch, but it's, so it's had this kind of like cult following, and I, and I think that's appropriate. You, you say cult following. Kind of I'm not kidding. You are, this is like the go-to game show for every game show nerd in like the last like five years when that show debuted. Like game show comedians like, have you seen The Genius yet? Just, you've got to see The Genius. 
Uh, Bothers Bar talked about it. Buzzer Blog talked about it. It is this whole... It in something awful forums had like a big strong post about it. I think that's where I first heard about it was something awful. And it, it's... <laughs> and I, I just gotta say like... This is like the quintessential, if you are a game show nerd or someone like me, this is like, this is right up your style. The way the game is presented and the way they handle reality competition, it, it, it clicks on every regard because it's, because essentially the show's premise is what does it mean to be a genius? And everyone always assumes things like high IQ, or, or I went to Mensa, or I can do Rubik's Cube puzzles. But it starts, the very first episode starts with a professor explaining that there's like eight or nine different forms of genius. Yeah, and it's it's like spatial awareness, logic, uh, mathematics. And, yeah, and then it's like social slash persuasion. And I forget what the, 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 the other kind of like big category of them are um but they and then they they kind of introduce the the cast of characters and they say oh this person is a a famous musician uh, who and that kind of like the implication is is that this person will have like a strong social standing and they're like this person's like a tv presenter but they're also in mensa they have a high iq and then this person is a card player um so they they understand gamesmanship well, and then of course my favorite is that they have the gamer, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yellow, who is who is you know like one of the greatest StarCraft players in the world. I was really surprised when I first watched this because this was like, you know, one of four Korean people I probably knew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I only know maybe four. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, like famous celebrities. Like yeah, I don't, famous. I don't know. It's just like I just know the the South Korean. Uh, stars i don't know i'm not that into k-pop or any of that stuff um so i was surprised to learn uh that about that that he was in it and it and then they kind of they they put them all together they they have the the introduction section where they all talk to each other because like any korean show is banner banner has to be like 20 minutes of either in the starting point of hi how are you and then in any episodes from two to thereafter is remember last week when you screwed me over? Yeah, that was funny. And, and then they, yeah, and then, you know, you start to see, and they, they kind of like for the rest of the episode. And then there's the, uh, the, you, you get the introduction of the games. And I think that's really, I, I think the, the, all the different aspects of the genius, I think are really well done. The the, so, the opening kind of like uh, package where so, they kind of explain the whole thing is really fun. The ex- you're going the, the, all the, over the place here. Sorry, I, I'm not, I'm I'm an all over the place kind of guy. I'm just trying to collect my thoughts and get into it. Yeah. So uh, right after they do the introduction sequence, you know, like hi, how are you? Banter of this the bandage man, this man with bandages on his face we don't know what happened why he is the bandage man but he is like an anonymous figure like the question in dc comics wearing his big old hat in a very smoky room with just the desk in his hands uh, looking like shinji's dad from evangelion just (laughs) just uh, welcome to round three (laughs) 
Yeah, they never explain who he is. He's just the the, the, He's the omnipresent the, host figure that introduces the game, the main rules, lets you violence and theft will not be tolerated. <laughs> Even though there and, has been theft. In a different way. In, a, uh, in, in the A game, but that's part of the rule. Um, but no, so after like the introduction, then you have the really cool introduction theme, idiot tapes, melody plays. And, it, and it's it's an it's an incredible introduction sequence. It is something and it just gets like better. That is one of these must you must watch things. Like nothing in the history of tell like no Netflix show has a cooler opening sequence than this. Pick any theme song you can think of, even if it has the coolest CGI graphics and blood smearing, like Breaking Bad. They're falling down the building. Nothing compares to the genius opening of a dude running into a maze with a giant question mark or throwing cards like Gambit from X-Men or or sitting in a when, chair that's on fire. And in the later seasons, it just gets exponentially more awesome and crazier. Like in, in season three, I think the, the, the running guy has a gun in his hand and like jumps through a glass window into yes. like the question mark, which, <laughs> like which... bad guy areas. Which quickly, like, interpretation-wise, is supposed to get you involved in the game. Each of these contestants are their own individual heroes in their own story. And all of these games are about perception, clarity, rules. And just when you think you have all the rules, you could get closed in. It's all perception, it's all clarity, and it's nothing luck. This whole show is basically trying to tell these people, luck does not exist on the genius. And it's really true. And through the structure of it, too, it... it, it it gets you in the mindset of that kind of tension where at, at every moment, they're really good at explaining what's going on, uh, kind of highlighting the, the tensions between the characters. And it's just like, it's all setting you up for that next twist or that next big dramatic moment, uh, that, that will change everything or confirm everything. Uh, but you know, they're, they're really good at the twists as well. So it's more twists than you can expect. So overlaying the, the simplistic terms of the genius is you get 12 people in the show uh, from all different walks of life. And each episode is played in two parts, a main match and a death match. The main match is what makes the genius the genius. It's such a cool game that has lots of different rules, and but there are very clear set rules. But there's always one or two hooks in the game that they do not tell the people that if they can figure it out, they can break the game and have the rules bent to their advantage. In exactly. Game, and if you do well, you are safe for the week and you get garnets as a prize. Garnets are the in-game currency that at the end of the entire run, whoever's the last person standing collects all the garnets and they get transferred into actual currency, which I believe is 1,000. Uh, and, and this is where I should mention that... Almost, almost always the people that they select are celebrities or people who are very well off. So it's, 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 a, it's a game show where at the end you end up winning fifty or $70,000, give or take. Yes. And it's just something that these people just do not need at all. It does not go to charity. And I kind of love that aspect of it where it, it, it's, it's funny to me that they don't need the money, but it's also like I think enhances the gameplay where these people have no problem um, like because throwing the game, all the money away. <laughs> well, because because as you go on, the the garnets become part of the game. Where you know, um, like it, you you use the garnets to buy things, as we 
found as we watched that episode. The episode we watched for our test episode is Season 1's Episode 7's Open Pass Game, which people will argue is the quintessential game of the genius. If you had to pick one episode of the genius to watch, Season 1, Episode 7's Open Pass. That's the one I picked. Uh, that's what Reese picked, as and Reese is a genius of the genius. He knows the the good episode. This is this is a game where essentially everyone gets a basic deck of cards, featuring the numbers one through ten, I believe, or one through zero, and plus minus multiplication and division signs. And your goal is supposed to be as it's shuffled and posted face down. Do you want to open, which puts it in play? Or pass it, which throws the card out. And you have to make the best mathematical equation. With the garnets you have collected over the past few weeks, you can buy packs and basically stack the deck into your advantage. And they come in a black pack, which is the same deck you already have. A red pack, which includes the number 10, I believe. Like, that's your big bonus and more plus signs. And then the blue pack, which is multiplications and nines and tens and exactly and so if you've done well up to that point you have more uh garnets to spend but then the social aspect comes in where although we have our discussions about the value of alliances uh, the one value is that they were able to pool their garnets uh one of the alliances and get a lot of good cards together so they can kind of mix and match and find the best cards uh for them so what happened is this this pool of of six decided to pull like and buy like five packs overall and just yeah and just like oh what what well i realized that the card decks have different colors so the blue deck has a blue background the red deck has a red background so if i play my decks correctly and stack the deck i can make sure i know which ones are symbols by picking color ones and then making sure all the numbers are black Exactly. The the most simplistic strategy, um, I mean, which which was uh, which worked in the episode was Sangmin, who had red cards were multiplication symbols, and the rest of them were just like just random numbers. So he was able to have the the entire time uh, just pass until he got to either a number or a multiplication symbol. And he was able to kind of get there. Other people had kind of different strategies. Hey. Sorry, what? The others just gave up and they just went, it's just luck. I'm just going to just shuffle and follow my heart. Deal or no deal yeah. style. Exactly. They're like, oh, wow, I put two plus symbols into my red uh, cards. So, uh, or into, I believe it was the, the black cards at the, yeah. pl- the plus symbols. And I just hope I don't draw them. And that never worked for any one of the people that kind of played randomly. And what's interesting, too, I found is that not only did you have to be able to tell, uh, to correctly create your deck, but they had the shuffle. And every time they shuffled, you could have them reshuffle three times and you could see either red or black or blue. And you have to kind of in your head decide, will I get them in the correct order when I open or pass? Uh, to be able to create a big number. Because sometimes if you get all of your multiplication symbols at the front, you have to be able to recognize that and ask for a shuffle. Um, but also you don't want to, to get, uh, and, you know, judge that kind of risk-reward to make sure at the very end 
you don't get all of your uh, symbols stacked, etc. And because the rule of this one was if you had the highest number, you win the game, you're safe for the week, and whoever had the lowest score would be in the death match. Uh, exactly, and if you had a had a uh, an addition or multiplication, I forget what they're called, uh, but one of the symbols in the very first slot, yeah, that was zero. And since everybody was trying to go for multiplications, that just meant that you're uh, that you would probably get a zero if you unless risk you it all the way, all the way times zero could happen. Exactly. Uh, so they really. So- I don't think anybody got that, but it was it was certainly a risk for I think that's what everybody was trying to avoid, but in, in getting that they they threw in the the addition symbols. So as you can see, it's a very it's, it's this is honestly one of the game. less complicated games in <laughs> in the genius. And that's part of like the appeal is that the the games are so complicated that it creates a lot of little moments for drama, but it's really good at explaining it and at every step of the way, kind of ex- showing We're you what these different characters. A, a game that it has rules that are like twenty minutes long <laughs> into five minutes. It's and, and the other ones are so much more complicated. Like there was the uh, the election one where they had to send these different chips. To to buy concurry favor and only the person. I made person the joke one. I made, I made the joke one. The heads or tails game. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. It's played with eight people. One person is the gambler. Everyone else gets to choose between heads or tails. If the vote is majority heads, it's heads. If the vote is majority tails, it's tails. Whoever has the most uh, money at the end of the casino after everyone plays twice wins. And then they have like 90 minutes to plan and all these alliances form and all the strategy. It's difficult to fully articulate like the step-by-step structure that makes it interesting uh, in the show because 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 it unleashes the kind of the the strategies as they go on. Cuz alliances can get you. There are games where if you are an extrovert and you have all the alliances, you could definitely have an upper hand. If you're one that's a home buddy and you're an introvert, and you don't really trust anybody, but you can detectively skill the rule set like, oh, if this is this and this is this, then this should be the case. You could also win. This is a game where it really is. You need multiple types of genius to win. Exactly. You need to be able to... Like, if you're really good at the social game, um, there's a, many different examples of people who... Yeah, if you're good with alliances... Uh, uh, you can be the best at alliances. You have everyone in in the group as your friend. You're friends of everybody. Mm-hmm. But at the end and the final of the final of the season, it's a deathmatch finale. Best two of three. So you have to do some logical skills and do some deduction skills. Oh, absolutely. But up until you get to that point, I think a big element of the series are these characters like Sangmin and the later series Dongmin who are able to... And Dogman's also good at the games, so that's what makes him such a power player. But they create these alliances where they can kind of see all the strategies and they're good at manipulating the people so they can put themselves on top. So it, it the alliances are always a selfish... Uh, when done correctly, are always selfish. And being on the bottom rung of an alliance, you are always going to get boned. And ev- nobody is ever going to like be honorable towards you uh, 
if if death. they unless they need you for the next round, basically. Like a like survivor, in, uh, which is basically like your survivors. It's that totem pole era. Uh, exactly, but you don't need the vote at the end of the genius. Uh, <laughs> you can use people and then dispose of them. In the, but but on genius, there's no voting out people. It's the death match. Exactly. So in the in, in the, the death match rules, so like I said, if you win the, the the main match, you're safe. You also get a badge to save someone of your choosing. That's because whoever's the worst is in the death match automatically, and whoever they choose goes into the death match as well. Mm-hmm. In the death match, it's basically a one v one, sometimes two v two kind of scenario where you bring an alliance member, where it's all sorts of different ways of valuing logic versus game theory. Uh, like there's a the game of Indian poker, for instance. It was in this episode. Then there is a version of basically called open rock, paper, scissors, where you have to get the most rock, paper, scissors in a row with everyone that's in the room. And they're your friends, which means if you have the most alliances in the group, you can probably go all the way through. But it just takes one of them to screw you over because you have to get the longest in a row. Uh, and what's game. interesting is it is that the, that can even in in the first episode that plays out in such a way where they're not even interested in who's going to win. They're interested in fucking over the person who's the 11th in choosing who's going to win. So they want to just make him uh, choose between two different people uh, so they can target somebody who's really good at the games. And they bribe him with a garnet that they've stolen from him that's already his. So I guess it's not technically theft because it's already his own Bandage garnet. Bandage Man will be pissed. <laughs> uh, they've technically followed the rules. Um, it seems like the theft and violence thing is never particularly... It's just something that they say. I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't think they. Ever I mean, care. they do the slap because you know it's like it's like most uh, variety television. You know, the slap in the back of the head or. Mm-hmm. That's still in there, so not necessarily violence and theft is managed. Bandage Man is not physically there; he's you know in a video monitor. So the one calling all the action is the dealer, uh, this wonderful lady in a nice bow tie that we may or may not have a crush on, <laughs> who the, has to basically, basically explain all the rules again to all the contestants because they are obviously confused when a guy says you're gonna be playing with eight rounds whoever has the biggest gets goes first you gotta vote yes or no or both if you both pick yes you both go this way if you both pick no you both go this way but if one picks yes the other picks no uh this happens and if you both go bonus and the bonus thing happens but only if the bonus is twice if one picks bonus and one picks no then you both lose scores <laughs> and everyone's confused and it's like uh what just happened <laughs> And the dealer exactly. has to basically simplify it again. So, in the episode that we watched, and the or should we spoil the the big moment? Yeah, of I course. Know. I think that is the okay. big reveal that makes it work. What's What's interesting about it, and this is something that they do uh, that becomes a staple of it le- later on. But I'm pretty sure this is the first time something quite like this happens. Is that everybody's trying to arrange their numbers and their symbols by the, the card color. And they go like, oh, I know all the multiplications are in the red. I know the plus symbols are in the blue. And blacks are all nice. are all numbers, so that's safe to pick. What Jinho, StarCraft Master, gamer... <laughs> Jinho, our, <laughs> our god. Our god, Jinho. 
Our god Jinho. Uh, he notices that the cards have the way that the diamond symbol is is not symmetrical on the top and the bottom. So he arranges his cards. So I forget exactly how he arranged it, but you know the symbols are the black, but the the little white space is on the top of the card. Yeah. So basically, all the cards can be marked by the way that you do them in the shuffle. And the shuffle, they they always keep the cards in in the same way that you arrange them. They just change the order. So you can basically that gives you enough permutations where you can say exactly. Okay, that's going to be a nine. That's going to be a multiplication. That's going to be a nine. And he basically, in this complete confidence, knows exactly what each card is throughout the whole thing and doubles the what thirty five thousand plus score thirty five thousand as a score compared to seventeen thousand. And they they play the genius theme song while he's doing it. It's clear that. He is fully embodying the genius in this moment. He realized the one thing that no one else realized. And that rewatching this is something you could have picked up on. There are a ton of needless close-ups of the cards as they're going through it. And if you were uh, and if you were watching hard enough, you could notice that the cards were slightly different and you could do it this way and play this way. But they never really hint that you're able to do this, or even really that Jinho had a chance. Like this was an alliance of six, yeah. and they shut Jin- out Jinho. Jinho was um, only in a two-person alliance, and even then, he did not tell his alliance partner. Exactly, and this was like a this was like a great like transformative moment for him, where you kind of realize like there's this other big characters that have been going before, and Jinho has been doing well, but you realize. That he is the master, you know, like he might be the one who has like mastery of all different, uh, all five things. And as the series goes on, they have more of those moments where, like, if you, you know, you realize that certain aspects of the game where you know the the pieces are weighted differently or magnetic, etc. <laughs> the, um, the second you, know, you do the, aha the game. and you hear Moby's extreme ways, that's when you know you did something <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's just that it's it's such a good twist. It's such both of us had seen this episode before, and when it happened, we we were like girls screaming at a Beatles concert. We were freaking out. (laughs) It was like it's coming, it's coming. Yes, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Um, And it's it's really thrilling, and they they build up to it so well because you know it they they have that classic misdirection, the best uh, kind of editing you want with a reality TV show. But uh, and you know I think Survivor successfully does it really well. Uh, but Survivor's the game is not, you know, a millionth as complicated, uh, and so to be able to balance the complication of the game with the storyline, I think is why the genius is so compelling to all these game game show nerds. Is because it's just operating on a level that you you can't even imagine like another show managing to pull off, in my opinion. Uh, the Genius only lasted four seasons. Uh, the first is called The Genius Rules of the Game. Season two is called Rule Breaker. Three was called Black Garnet. And four was called Grand Final. Grand Final was like an all-stars season where they brought back the best of the best from all former three seasons. Yeah, um, and it's really... And, and they really do. It's, it's all... It's all the beloved characters 
um, and from the first three seasons, and it's it's really one of the best all stars. It's and I should also point out the other key moments here of the geniuses. They describe the game as a game of beautiful defeats and ugly victories. <laughs> it's a very poetic thing, but if you watch the show, sometimes you get like you get caught up in the moment where it's like you know this person does not want to eliminate the person. They've been best friends, but I have to like throw that one final card to knock you out of the game. Exactly. And the the genius is definitely a show that uh you know, you you see the people driven to tears over what they have to do and they're in a like advantageous position and they'll cry. They're like this is the ugly victory that they've talked about. Um, uh, okay, so and- there's here's a big piece of news. Normally I'll do this in a deep dive, but I got it cuz I brought up liar game earlier in the conversation. <clears throat> Rather, the first episode has been accused of plagiarizing popular Japanese manga series like Haiji and Liar Game. On 2014, TVN, the network that owns uh, The Genius, broadcast a remake drama of Liar Game. However, it was mentioned that The Genius production crew did not hold any copyrights of The Liar Game, and the original copyright lied with Apollo Pictures and Fantagio Entertainment. In a later interview, it was said by The Genius main producer, Jung Jun Young, that the concept of the show was merely inspired by Liar Game, which I said it was. Wow, I, I, I knew what the producer did. <laughs> Who knew? Um, <laughs> quoting, it was reference and non-plagiarism. Upon being stated that plagiarizing liar game has also been further mentioned by the Genius's main producers that all the games were designed ourselves in our production crew. We have never plagiarized anything from the liar game so far, further denying the controversies raised. No further details were disclosed with the accusations of the zombie game. The fans of Liar Game were not happy with this response and are currently demanding an apology. Zombie Game was a, one of the fan, was a great episode because one person was a zombie and the rest were all humans. And the way to survive is you had to touch a person on this big white glowy orb. You remember this game, the big touch the big white glowy orb. Yeah. If it was a zombie <laughs> touching a, zo- a person, that person becomes a zombie, but they don't even know it. So the zombie wins if he gets everyone to become a zombie. But if there's one person left standing that's not a zombie, uh, then then the uh, they win, and the zombie gets automatically sent to elimination. Things like that just excite me. Exactly. I think. I mean, I haven't heard. I haven't watched the Liars game, but I I think that uh, accusations of plagiarism. I I think they sound overwrought. You know, it definitely is clearly. I mean, it, it sounds clearly inspired. I think they cop to it where they're just like, yeah, great idea. You know, we're, we're, we're not going to rip off any of the characters or, not uh, characters. you know, like, the plots. These are contestants. Like, if you can make a yeah, creating... for real. And I think that's legitimate. Like, they create, and they and I think that it, it uh, doesn't, um, it doesn't underscore how well-made I think the show is and how, how good they are at like weaving in the storyline with like very complicated games. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I like to think I'm pretty good with games, but honestly, sometimes I have to rewind and like watch the entire rules again. Cause it's just like, there's just so much to take in and it's good during the episode because all of these weird little details provide moments for the story to twist and turn and have all these weird things. But it's it's also like, you know, not 
It's not for amateurs. This is not, <laughs> not a, for it, amateur TV watchers. This is like if the if this podcast is the 101 for game shows, this is like the the this is the graduate program of game shows <laughs> is trying to break down the genius game. Exactly. I, I mean, it's th- when uh, when I first uh, said I would do this, and I was uh, thought that your guest episodes were more deep deep dives. I was a little like overwhelmed because <laughs> because there's just so much it's so dense the different games and like trying to break them down articulately articulately you know i i i'm you know i don't feel i did a particularly good job here it's but it's just oh. it gives you the idea of what we're what we're talking about with the the genius the way the games are exactly and, and that the- why it feeds into the whole thing it's just like the theme of quote the genius unquote can be felt all throughout and anyone can be a genius like every person has that one aha moment and it's like that makes them so smart they thought outside the box and won the thing of the genius <laughs> is though the death matches are very crucial because in the final round when it's two people left on the show because when it's three people you know one's left standing the other two go to the death match automatically mm-hmm. when it's down to two it's a best two of three in death matches and they have to win. It's like a. It's basically ML. It's it's basically like an FMG. It's an FFG game. It's like you know, it's Sonic Fox in in the big tournament, in the finals. But, yeah, yeah. But where the alliances then play a role is that every eliminated contestant uh, gets to pick in like a like a little stone, and the stones they do not know what they are yet, but they all play an advantage three per uh, each of the games. And one of them could be as simple as like a re-roll or they get to choose the first game. Like, and, and that's, and that adds a whole lot of strategy with the alliances you have made along the point in the game. That doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean you have to have every alliance so you can have every advantage. Cause you could still be the right piece of shit, like villain of the show. And if you're really smart at the death matches, you could still win the show. You just have yeah, a much absolutely. bigger hill to climb. <laughs> I mean, it's it, everything is is crucial, but it it doesn't feel like you know only one thing will win you the will do the genius. Like a really smart math person, there's definitely challenges where that's going to be good. A really smart logic person um, who can uh, you know there's there's the ones that are monorail like the same puzzle. picture puzzle. Mon- yeah, the monorail puzzle is classic. You know, I um. The the monorail I think is a really interesting. It is because a, it's like you you, you have it's like the la- you, you have to build like a little railroad with tiles, but the person to complete it loses, and there's a lot of interesting back and forth strategy with that. And uh, and you have it, two choices: you do a, like the ninety degree turn card or a straight. That's it. That's your only two moves. It can exactly. You can, what I like about the social aspect of the game, too, is that if you have, like, if you're in the right alliance, it's not going to take you that far. But being friends with the person who can explain the best strategies for the deathmatch definitely does play a part. I forget. I, one of the monorail episodes, the person just had no idea what to do. And the other person was like, I played monorail on my... You got to make sure that you, you always have to leave... Um, you know, so there's only four spaces left that you can complete. I think it was something like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's the and, and and I think it won them the game that they were able to be, that they were that they got that advice. 
Um, so that's another aspect because like between every announcement, they have like 20 minutes to an hour to, to just talk and deliberate and figure discuss. out the strategy. Exactly. Deliberate. And, and this adds to some much-needed drama strategy building and alliances, and they don't bring anything up. Usually, sometimes with the editing style, they just go straight into like the closing moments when everyone is panicking. It's like they're all freaking yeah. out because oh no, chaos, chaos, and then suddenly two hours ago, <laughs> hi, how's it going? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, and the death matches are always they're not necessarily they're not always like like simple games but they're much more simple uh than the main match games you know in indian poker is the classic one where they have they have little wrinkles like if you fold uh, a 10 you lose the you lose 10 chips but it, it it's never like the insane complicated ones that they have for the main match and so it's just stripped down battle of kind of logic or if, if whatever you, particular if you skill they're cards, focusing on you can win the show <laughs> basically if you yeah, counting cards. Head, is there's no more eights. Key. There's no more nines. And that actually happened with the All Stars when they did Indian Poker one final time. Mm -hmm. They finally had a guy count the cards. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it. Counting cards. There's so many card variations or poker variations that counting cards is such a legit strategy. Um, but on this game, it's the numbers one through ten. Twice. Mm -hmm. Or black and white. The black and white game where all the evens are white, the blacks are odd. And you gotta play a card and mo biggest number wins. But but like you said at the start, it's like luck doesn't exist. Luck you can't does just pull... You can never just play your numbers without a strategy and hope that you just happen to get one over on the other person. There is always a strategy that's going to put you way over the top. And unless you're specifically trying to counter that other person doing it, you're probably going to win. Um, and it's, and they, they're really good at designing the game that for each game, um, you know, either there's with the card games, you know, it might be random. What it's all random. It's all luck. But... Yeah. You, you, you have betting strategies where, um, you know, it's just like, I don't seem like the kind of person who's going to push all in. So I'm going to push all in here and make this person, you know, play the mind game of I don't want to I don't want to fold and get my uh, chips taken away. So I'm going to I'm just going to deal with it. And they get it. She gets them that way. Um, and it's I don't know. It's a it's it's a wonderful experience going from episode to episode. And. Then everyone brings up the exciting thing of what would you do if the genius was brought to America? Which is such a giant question. Like I, I, I would like to state at the top, it's just like I don't know if it's I don't know if it's translatable All right. to American audiences. Uh, but <laughs> uh You go first, because this is a big question. I think that to me, what the most interesting aspect of the, other than the game, like what you'd have to translate the games to is what the cast would be like. Um, like right now, like comparatively, like the, like if the American genius was like one for one with the Korean genius, it would be like Kendrick Lamar and Megan McCain 
Kristen Bell. Doctor Oz. Exactly. It would be these big figures. Ninja would absolutely be one of them. Um, but it's like I, you know, those. I can't imagine celebrities that big wanting to play <laughs> open pass and just have to sit there for in a studio for eight hours with this with this card game. So you kind of have to find like the. Hey, hey Willie Yachty, uh, let me tell you about the game. See, it's called Open <laughs> Shut. Now, if you open the door, you get the number. But if you shut the door, you don't get the number. The other person gets the number, and your goal is to get the biggest four-digit number. Exactly. Which is why I think this is almost like the kind of thing, the way that you would have to translate it is to a more niche thing, where it's just like Twitch buys the genius rights or whatever, and it's just like the... The, the 12 Twitch stars who have not said the N-word <laughs> play each other uh, in in the genius. And they kind of have, since they have that gamer mentality, and they pitch it as like, oh, you got to interact with your uh, terrible chat without them doxing you. That sort no. of thing. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, 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 I don't think that that's like the ideal way. Um, but I... I, I that is like one way of doing it. I'm not quite sure the best way. I'd be curious. Oh, your thing. Just let me know when you want to throw it in my way, because you know Jordan. Uh, well, well, well. Obviously, I know you have. Um, but my other thought uh, is for the games too. Is that I, I, I'm just very. I'm not sure because what works so well about the genius is the complexity of the games, and like I don't want to call Americans dumbasses, but Americans are. You're dumbasses. Uh, you're dumbasses, y'all. You're dumb. You don't know how to read a fucking book. You get angry at Donald Trump for not knowing how to read. Of course he doesn't know how to read. You elected him, you dumbasses. You're dumb. <laughs> I mean, exactly. And even if they found, like, you know, the right cast for it, it's just like, what's the audience for the American genius? I, I don't know what that is uh, in reality without being able to transmogrify it. I think the games definitely would have to be... Uh, you know, slightly, slightly made more simplistic or kind of like revealed throughout. Like you don't get that rules dump at the beginning. You kind of like go through the rules and they reveal a little bit more throughout each episode. Or maybe I was thinking maybe some kind of like more unifying theme, like the gene, the American genius. It's all card games. Every, every thing is, you know, there, there's obviously more complex versions to it, but it's always you, you. You always have the the poker deck, and you know, king, queen, uh, yeah, jack, etc. And you know, like the, the those are always kind of like the figures rather than you know one game. It's like the zombies. One game. It's they'll just uh, go straight up know, play regular old chess in the finale. Like that's it. Just the yeah, chess exactly. Match. But it's in this. It's it's always the the poker motif. And I think that that would ease it too. There's all and the game games on the boards would definitely have to be a lot more, uh, like have more razzmatazz and be more kind of like presented over the to top. More, like now we're flashing exactly, and... exactly. You know, like when uh, the whenever if there was a comparative moment, Jinho does uh, he figures out that the cards are marked. You know, fireworks would absolutely have to go off in the studio. Um, and uh, but you know, if it's American the audience, swelling. the open pass game would be the entire game show. That would be it for fourteen episodes. And Howie Mandel would show up, going, "Jinho, if this but is see, a multiplication the thing, but... at the end, 
it would be worth zero, and that will put you into the finale. We want to see a number. Open the number when we come back. (laughs) But the essence of the genius is is the deliberation, even if they put a ton of the game in. So it's like that wouldn't, you know, there's so many different ways to lose the essence. So I want to hear the Jordan... The Jordan vision. First, uh, first I just want to point out, right before the recording, you said I should be the bandage man in your version. I, I, well, you're always talking about how you want to be the game sh- So I figured, I, 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 I <laughs> in this version, you're the... Uh... I got to wear a so morph was... suit. <laughs> wear the... but, so, uh... I mean, what, who, who are you in this version? Are you the head dealer? I think that that, that, that would definitely be a character in this. Is yeah, that the, the bandit man the gives all the rules and then the bandage man uh, and then the there's like the, the real host. Yeah. Um, all right. I don't know if I would be I don't know. The dealer has I think the dealer needs to be like a good, smart, like model lady. Like someone who's good looking but also very smart. Would okay. have to be the, the dealer lady. Uh and I I'll do the bandage man guy. Cause all I have to do is say, turn in your badge. We'll see you next time for round eight. Uh, so, so here he is. Here's Jordan Haas's The Genius All-American Edition. First of all, we, we cannot do it for network because 44 minutes is not enough time for The Genius. It's truncates and, and plus don't forget commercial breaks, all that. Garb- throw it out. It'll have to be on an extended streaming service like a Netflix. Secondarily... Uh, uh, Secondarily, you cannot have uh, a celebrity cast, although celebrity cast will definitely work because it's American version. Uh, you will have to make the stakes be with civilians, but the civilians all have some aspect of genius associated with them, such as crossword mm-hmm. puzzle creators. They may, be, they may make escape rooms. Maybe they're escape room creators. Maybe they uh, are, are like a Twitch streamer who has like over 100,000 subscribers or, or, or mm-hmm. no better, a speedrunner. Because they already know how a game works, and they know how to fix a game to make it for a better advantage for themselves. Uh, a chess champion, mm. things like that. Someone who's good at games already, or have some aspect in games. Uh, then you have someone that's like a used car salesman, because you have to have the every Joe. Uh, a, you have to have definitely like someone who's played in the World Series of Poker. Uh, maybe guy absolutely like, uh, like an Annie Duke. Any Duke would probably, uh, or a Phil Hellmuth. Yeah, I think I think that that would definitely uh, that would kind of straddle the line of of you know celebrity ish to you know kind Survivor of Survivor has like was. Johnny Johnny from Impact from the Impact show. He's a television star, but he's on Survivor mm-hmm. and he's not a celebrity. Yeah. So you can easily have these like people who are famous in the world of sport or in game play this weird game. Uh, you I think you could just full on have a have a survivor. Uh, yeah. You know, just like straight up, just have like a, and Boston Robs in there, Boston social Rob master. Up, uh, <laughs> Rupert's there. He's still somehow wearing just a tie dye shirt. Don't know why. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Richard. Richard nude. Still. <laughs> Uh, so, so the garnets are worth five thousand dollars each. I put that as as the number five thousand because if, if you put it through it, about fifty to sixty is about five hundred two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you make the games exact, just the, play the exact games that have already been played on the Genius in in Korea. And okay, 
because Americans are too dumb to have watched the familiar show already that they would not know the hook. <laughs> uh, also, it also adds to an effort nature of uh, if you are an American person, how do you interpret the rules of the game? They have already been played before in a different format. Okay. So anyone who's been a long time fan of the genius already knows how the game has been played. But now that it's in an American eyes who has never seen the show before and has never played the games before, how do they interpret it? Would add a much better depth to it. Uh, there'll still be alliances, obviously. There'll still be uh, garnets. There'll still be exchanges. And there'll still be death matches. Uh, all of that is the same. And the only way I could see it, if you're going to go over the top, is instead of the way it looks like an in underground casino kind of thing, Mm -hmm. You just flat out make it Vegas. You flat out make it Atlantic City. Flashy lights all over the place. And, I agree with that. And then only when everyone's entered, they look at there in the casino, suddenly lights go off. Almost like, you know, like a, you're about to start an action sequence. And suddenly there is the projector. It's coming down. Flickery, 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 flickery. Here comes the shady, dark, spooky man going, welcome everyone to the genius. You've all come here for one goal. To prove that you are a genius. But what does it take to be a genius? Does it mean persuasion? Logic and reasoning? Or just being able to bend the rules to your favor? In this game of beautiful victories and ugly defeats, or whatever they're going to say. Only one of you will be left standing. You will take home a prize of your determination. And, and just keep going from that. We'll start round one with the game called, and then start the game. And then suddenly, here comes the flashy lights, here comes the dancers, everything's so <laughs> Like, you're suddenly seeing, like, people doing high kicks, and here comes the dealer with the deck. <laughs> Hi, we're playing open pass I... today. <laughs> <laughs> one, uh, one question I have for you in general about the genius, and I think this, you know, applies to the American version, because there's a lot of, you know, questions about the game and stuff. Is that the genius? It's very reality show focused, and it has a written by credit. Yes. And I'm curious to what what degree are these shows met? Do you oh. think the genius is manufactured behind the scenes? That's a good is question. One hundred percent. So, or is that's a, that's actually a question I was going to answer in a later episode of, of of game shows. I suppose in a deep dive, a lot of game shows say written. It's not written for the contestants. That's pretty much an event of an American edition too. That's never mm -hmm. done because essentially that's now bending the rules in favor of one person over another and the FCC will definitely violate and say that's a violation and they'll pull the plug on the show. The written buys are usually that opening spiel. Yeah, yeah. So it's the welcome to round three. Here's the scores. The game, Today's game is this. And let me explain the rules. There is two rules being written out. One that is not said on screen and one that is the actual determining rules of the challenges. Mm -hmm. The one said that's not in the challenges are the ones that you'll that the dealer knows. And that's why they keep yelling at the dealer all sorts of questions. But the ones that we are told on screen that are shown on the video package, that's written. Someone wrote that and someone had to say that. Uh... Other than that, that's all that is usually written. Usually with game shows, it's the same way. It's the question writing, and then it's the host has a little cue card, and it's like, oh, Reese, it says here, you have a very weird pet. So you can say, <laughs> I yeah. have, yeah. 
Okay, that makes sense, and I think that that is... That, you know, I, I was pretty sure that in, you know, in America that the, the reality competition shows were, were straight on that aspect. Uh, but Brother it, it makes, does it, lean you into the questions, though. So if you, so when, when you're, I'm not going to, because I have signed NDAs, but this is true with a lot of game shows. I am saying Big Brother because it's most obvious is when they're in the challenge, notice how they always bring up what has just happened on the show. So it's, or like on Survivor, like, I don't want Charlie to get the immunity because if that happens, he's my biggest threat here. Yeah. Usually they, that is coming from them. They say it, but Usually the producer tells them, like, who do you not want to see win the immunity and why? Well, I don't want to see Charlie yeah. win because if that happens, I'm a threat. Why is that? Because I know he has it out for me. Who has it out for you? Charlie has it out for me. So that way, when the end team gets all the footage, Charlie has it out for me. Gets said over Charlie on, on the reality show, planning a strategy to take out the person. So there's your conflict. That makes sense, and I'm sure that a big element of who they pick are the people who can speak in that language when they give them the lead. Oh, usually questions. on the first couple of shows, on any of these shows, they are unable to do that. <laughs> so oh, really? they have to basically be, tell them again and again, can you say it in the third person? Can you say who you're talking to <laughs> is? <laughs> Unless it's an explanation of, I think Charlie is a threat, because he is. Because then they'll just keep the whole thing. Um, well, that, that's good to know. And I think that that, you know, that the, the, I want the genius to be fair. I don't want them to, to write out these, these things. Um, I like the, your pitch of just making it in Vegas and it's just like, think like I an think Atlantic they, city, Vegas casino. And then right when the management happens and the game hits, it's all dark and sinister and spooky. Like now you're in the casino from hell almost like you don't know what's going to exactly. happen is batman going to show up is he going to beat the <laughs> shit out of us i mean and since it's not celebrities you could even do the kind of more uh big brother thing where they all live in the penthouse and oh, oh, that's they, the other thing i was going to say no penthouse they do not no do not do the penthouse thing it really oh, is, oh yeah because i think that i think what should happen is the immediate time of when the game ends you separate everyone and isolate them in hotel rooms. They do not talk it out. Because that way, when they come back the next episode for the recap, that's when you get all the conflict and why did you do this? No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And, um, and, I, and it's done day, 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 day. So it's 12 days. 12 days of shooting. Yeah, I'm sure. That makes sense. So we are... The, uh, <laughs> so I just... Uh, these all sound like interesting ideas, but ultimately, I I feel that this is a show that cannot be translated to American audiences. Um, I, I would love to see them try. I'd be there for. I'd be there day one. I don't see how it could work uh, without. If someone can contact me. <laughs> I'll get my crew I mean, going. Uh, I would try and get them in it to win it. People involved somehow because they are have a really good video package team when it comes to like the mm -hmm. blueprints of their different ping pong challenges. That I, I could I could see them working on their attempt at making this, but it definitely needs to have that same over the top theme song. It needs it needs to keep having idiot tape. I don't care. It needs to have idiot tape playing. The, it has to one hundred percent. 
that that is the the most iconic thing to me is the you is can, that theme you can throw away Moby. You, you can get rid it. of Moby. It's okay if you can't get any other licensed song. That has to I, stay. I would, as much as 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 much as we have fun with the, the Moby and the other stuff, I think everything for the theme song, the music and the genius is probably the worst part, especially in the first season. Because it's just really goofy. There's a lot of tracks from Kill Bill. They do or the Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop, Bebop song. <laughs> and, and just like the theme song, the one everybody... Uh, and They're not walking away with real folk blues. Like, come on. <laughs> and it's just... it's. It's a little bit much. So, but that's the one. It's it's so pitch perfect. They got to keep. And that is it's still that intro is just top notch. That's even like, folks. Even if you have no intention of seeing this show, try and look into finding the intro sequences because it is like over the top great. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure you'll play the song uh, <laughs> at some point in the in the in the episode. So oh, probably you can get a sense. Uh, so do you have any final thoughts on uh, the genius itself, letter grades, anything? A plus. I mean, I, I would easily favorite just because it's the, the history, etc. I want to call genius the greatest game show that's ever existed. Um, it's uh, it, it just is working on such a high level. And I think it it's something that is entirely unique. Uh, to I mean I I haven't seen Ellen's Game of Games, <laughs> no! but but I just get the feeling when I watch it I'm not gonna feel like oh this is a once in a lifetime thing. <laughs> this the the four seasons of the Genius it doesn't seem like they're gonna make any more. Uh, it seems like it's just firing in all cylinders. It's something that I don't think is possible to be created uh, in in any kind of Western culture. Um, it's fantastic. That's my final thought. I, I also give an A+. Plus. Maybe that's a plus it up. Make sure it's like Ellen's Game of Games, where if they get eliminated, they fall into chocolate pudding or something. <laughs> uh, ooh, yeah. That's, I wasn't aware of that. Maybe maybe Ellen's Game of Games is on the same level. Maybe they should fall down a trap door and fall into padding, like Russian roulette. Um, no, was, no. When it's, I, <laughs> the genius when is... When I was watching uh, the game shows to, to get cranked up i saw something called ellen's game of games coming on later and i, I will i will explain <laughs> it to you after this episode because that's a whole other hour of dissection that i don't think anyone wants to hear right now we don't have time all right time for a deep dive into ellen's game of game that's gonna be me by myself talking about how we, she just plagiarized every game show aspect from something else um anyway but we do have time though for a speed round oh oh okay Reese, five questions 60 seconds on the clock if you can get them all right you get five free plugs okay all right i'm ready i'm ready let's do this all right six seconds on the clock please here we go all right uh a five letter word starting with m music all right next uh what was your game of the year 2018 into the breach all right, next. Uh, in, in the event that uh, video games are the worst thing on Earth, uh, has a Patreon, what do you think is a good idea for bonus content? Deep dives into actual content uh, as opposed to gamer culture. Good. Uh, next, Red Dragon or Blue Dragon? 
Red Dragon! All right, and and finally, what was your favorite Flash cartoon growing up? I mean, Strong Bad. There you go, perfect. Five, five for five, you won. Hey, yeah, I won! For the first question, the five-letter five letter word starting with M, we also have accepted money or munch. Munch, oh, of course. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I I wasn't prepared for the level of questions, so I was just like really amped. I didn't want to embarrass my... <laughs> but you got five free plugs, <laughs> so take it away. What do you want to plug? I want to plug, first off, the wonderful podcast, Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. Um, it's, uh, you know, I know it's a divisive title, but me and Alton, uh, it, it really comes out of a place in love and kind of trying to create uh, kind of a, a more, for the more left-winging, progressive gamers and nerds around you uh listen to it and we roast uh, all the shitheads that you know and hate uh second plug um into the breach i'm gonna go back to it it's okay. one of the greatest video games ever made um it, you should buy it next time that there's steam sale uh third thing uh bernie sanders he would have won uh he'll win again <laughs> number four uh gonna plug uh the genius uh you know uh if you haven't listened to us talk about it already it's a pretty good show and number five uh i'm gonna plug uh my good friend jordan haas who puts out a lot of content had a bit of a setback with technology is fighting back hard uh we all love him and uh we love what he's doing 2019 oh thanks reese thank you so much it's been a fun time having you over here to talk game shows and and uh, all the fun plugs and it's always fun having you on and you're always welcome back to show up and dissect survivor or groomer has it or anything else we can think of that counts as a reality competition series because oh, don't, don't actually games. tempt me to discuss groomer has it uh <laughs> But uh, thank you for having me on. Thank you for holding my hand uh, through talking of a fairly complicated uh, series. You know, I'm not not as game show adept. Um, I, I don't I don't get to insult didn't get to insult Ninja as much as I normally do uh, in my content. So uh, you were a wonderful guide. Thank you for having me on, and uh, I would love to come on again. Of course. Uh, so, uh, you know, just here it's an audio podcast, but just assume we're both flipping off the camera in, in front of Ninja. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so thanks for stopping by, Alton. Uh, <laughs> I, I am Reese, but thank you for having me. And Munch. Munch to you, Jordan, and Munch to us all. That's Reese, everybody. Uh, you can check out the podcast at VGA t-w-t-o-e on twitter and you can check him out at your very good bud on twitter a uh, wonderful person uh we have time for a question here i asked twitter for a question before the show and uh, this one comes from moose bigelow moose underscore bigelow if you could swap hosts of two shows which would be the biggest improvement that's a really good question because i mean like april fool shows have been done all the time. I mean, there has been one where Pat Sajak hosted Jeopardy and Alex Trebek hosted Wheel of Fortune. Uh, most recent was an April Fool's one where Wayne Brady did The Price is Right and Drew Carey, I think, did Let's Make a Deal or some variation of that. Uh, so to swap a host of two shows, that is tough because you got to figure out that each host 
has their own uh, rule set, and like a lot of the times nowadays, it's their comedy matches up with the shows. Uh, that that which makes that 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 you can't really have hosts for the sake of hosts uh, unless it's to make an improvement. Uh, which makes this question really tough. By default, I I mean Terry Crews is doing America's Got Talent, and I liked him a lot on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So I could say like Chris Harrison should host America's Got Talent, and that could be a step up. And Terry Crews can do Millionaire, but I I know that's just a cop out answer, and it doesn't really make the show any better for America's Got Talent. I think Terry Crews is a great pick for that host, and Chris Harrison's just kind of there on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And I think that show is coming to an abrupt end pretty soon. So it really is just you have to figure out which is the two hosts that basically were just on the wrong show uh, and, and needs to be on a better show uh, to make the show better. And I'm not going to pick like a GSN thing because I think that's really tough to consider when it comes to those spinoffs. Like Ben Glebe is a great host. Uh, Idiot Test was a perfect show vehicle for him because he usually plays up the the dumb guy character uh, that likes to, you know, make fun of the smart guy. So it's perfect for him to do idiot test. That was almost a show well designed for him. Uh, but most of the time, it's just the gimmick cast gets somebody for the sake of you got somebody to be the host. Uh, so this is a real, this is a real challenge actually, because I'm trying to put more parameters than should be. Um, hmm. If I can do like do some weird switch time travel thing, uh, if you can make Nick Cannon from the singing, uh, the Masked Singer, do the singing bee and get Joey Fatone from the singing bee to do the Masked Singer, I think that would work. This is a very Joey Fatone episode. I just realized, uh, but but something like that would be uh, an idea to be a somewhat improvement to a show. Uh, you also got a consideration like. Um, shows that have existed and could have done better with a much better host. Because Kat Dealey is a great host, but I can't think of anybody that can do a better job with her on So You Think You Can Dance that already has a game show in existence, except for maybe like Jamie Foxx. But I don't know if Kat Dealey would be good on Beat Shazam, for instance. That, that That's what makes it such a tricky question. Ah, uh, Steve Harvey's great where he is. That would stay. I, I think, uh, you know what, Alec Baldwin with uh, Craig Ferguson. You get Craig Ferguson to do match game, but you get Alec Baldwin to do a celebrity name game. I think that would be a, a nice switch up. Uh, Hollywood Game Night would also work. Get, get Jane Lynch to do match game and Alec Baldwin to do Hollywood Game Night. Something like that would, would uh, I would say would be a major improvement. Uh, to the shows otherwise you're just kind of swapping one good host for a really dull host and these shows it's all revolving around the the people themselves on the shows uh anthony anderson i think could do better than to tell the truth i think that's going to be the thing is what is a good show for anthony anderson from to tell the truth uh to do uh and i would say Maybe, uh, maybe that would be the correct answer to do. Actually, is you got to have someone who has been like a detective or someone with like skills who has been in a police drama kind of show. I, I think that would be something to do with to tell the truth and get Anthony Anderson to do a more funny show. Uh, hmm. 
This is a real tricky question. <laughs> now I'm real. This is the one question that's really stumped me because uh, I'm trying to put actual shows still on the air. Uh, okay. So if I'm going to do currently aired shows, like currently on the air, uh, I will say, and you can, and this is my lock-in answer. We'll lock this in. I will say Aisha Tyler on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Switching with Wayne Brady on Let's Make a Deal. Yes, Let's Make a Deal is basically Wayne Brady's improv show now. And Wayne Brady is a panelist on Whose Line Is It Anyway? But Aisha Tyler, I think, could bring something uh, different in a different perspective to Let's Make a Deal that could make it her own, especially in daytime talk. And Wayne Brady being someone who's been on Who's Line pretty much a majority of his career would give him the right footing for him to be the main host of Who's Line Is It Anyway. It would still have the same uh, level of bravado uh, as it would. Because Ryan Stiles doesn't have a game show, neither does Colin Mockery. So so it has to be Wayne Brady taking the role of, of the host of Who's Line Is It Anyway. And Aisha Tyler... Uh, being a, a, a silly uh, and still dramatic person as she is, because she also has range, could also do Let's Make a Deal. And then you can always, then you can actually, if people can actually look through this, hey, look, we have a woman of color hosting a game show nowadays, and it's not a big deal because Aisha Tyler's doing Let's Make a Deal. And then that can get some coverage. Something like that would be really exciting, at least in the world of game shows. Because currently, she's doing uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway, and no one seems to be batting an eye. When I think that is uh, something that should, you know, be seen. Folks, Whose Line Is It Anyway is still on the air, and Wayne Brady's on it. Make Wayne Brady the host, make Aisha Tyler do Let's Make a Deal. Have her say, do you want $200 or a curtain too? That is something I would watch. Even though I already watched Let's Make a Deal, and it's a very fun show. Um, but that's just me. I think that's my answer. Aisha Tyler and Wayne Brady. Thank you for your question, Moose Bigelow. Uh, if you have any questions, send it to me my way on Twitter at Jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. Join me next Wednesday for another episode of Game Shows, I suppose, when we go to a deep dive another great game show, if I don't get sick. Until then, have a good night and big smooch! Mwah! <laughs>